Please be seated. Nine verses after our gospel reading today, John the Baptist spoke humbly of Jesus, saying, He who comes after me, the straps of whose sandals I am not worthy to untie. Well, preaching today instead of David, I kind of know how John the Baptist must have felt. (laughs) But thank you, David, for the invite here today. Let us pray. Sweet Lord, how lovely it is to be here with friends uh, very near and dear to me. I hope and pray that the words of my mouth and the meditation of my heart would be ever pleasing to you. I pray that only the truth be spoken and only the truth be heard. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. Well, here we celebrate. First Sunday after Christmas. We're at the beginning of the book of John today and on the cusp of a new year, of a new decade. Soon we'll all be seeing 2020. (laughs) What a joy to dream and to vision what the new year will have for St. Aidan's. I'll talk about that shortly, uh, just from a little perspective and what's been on my heart. Um, Lutheran pastor Doolin Campbell wrote, it is by the revelation of scripture that as light reveals our surroundings, God reveals our condition. More importantly, he reveals himself by the power of his eternal of his eternal word as he declares it through his servants the book of john different from the other gospels these are some highlights vital statistics as the life application study bible puts it the purpose to prove conclusively that Jesus is the Son of God and that all who believe in him will have eternal life. The author, John the Apostle, the original audience, new Christians and searching non-Christians. So how timely it is even today. The date written, A.D. 85 to 90. It was written after the destruction of Jerusalem in A.D. 70 and before John's exile into the island of Patmos. Key verses, it says, the disciples saw Jesus do many other miraculous signs in addition to the ones recorded in this book. But these are written so that you may continue to believe that Jesus is the Messiah, the Son of God and that by believing in him, you will have the power of his name. And key people. You go through the key people here, it's like a star-studded cast of members. Jesus, John the Baptist, the disciples, Mary, Martha, Lazarus, Jesus' mother, Pilate, and Mary Magdalene. Special features. 
Of the eight miracles recorded, six are unique among the Gospels here in John. Over 90% of John is unique to his Gospel. John does not contain a genealogy or any records of Jesus' birth, childhood, temptation, transfiguration, appointment of the disciples, nor any accounts of Jesus' parables, the Ascension, or Great Commission. But he spoke. This first part of chapter 1 reflects back on Genesis itself. In the beginning, he spoke and galaxies whirled into place. Stars burst, burned in the heavens and planets began orbiting the sun. Words of awesome, unlimited, unleashed power. He spoke again and the waters and the land were filled with plants and creatures running and swimming, growing and multiplying. Words of animating, breathing and pulsing life. Again he spoke, and man and woman were formed, thinking, speaking, and loving. Words of personal and creative glory, eternal and infinite, unlimited. He was, is, and always will be the maker and the Lord of all that exists. Whoa. And then he came in flesh to a speck in the universe called Earth. The mighty creator became a part of the creation, limited by time and space, and susceptible to aging, sickness, and death. But love propelled him, and so so he came to rescue and save those that were lost, and to give them the gift of eternity. He is the, the Word. He is Jesus the Messiah. About John, the book of John, Christian apologist Ravi Zacharias urged his listeners, students in particular, to investigate the claims of Christ for themselves with a desire to arrive at the truth. And he directs them particularly to the book of John. Quoting Ravi, he says the the claim that Jesus made that he will bodily rise again was tangibly falsifiable in theory. Zacharias contended and further explained the dynamics surrounding the death and the burial and the resurrection of Christ. You are looking for truth, he says. And it's amazing today how many people really are looking for truth. What we need to do is be inviting to them and let them know we're here. The answer of Jesus is so unique and so beautiful. Here's your challenge, Ravi says. Take the Gospel of John, read it three or four times, and I dare you to pray the prayer, Jesus, if you are who you claim to be, reveal yourself to me. Pretty bold. More often than not, he says, you'll find he speaks to you in such persuasive ways. Well, here I stand and I confess 
I cannot begin to take the precious word of God and unpack it the way a gifted preacher does, honestly. It's not in my spiritual DNA, but Father David can, honestly. (laughs) I'll see if I can get him to blush. (laughs) He does. Um, uh, I've read uh, or listened uh, as often as I can. I don't think I've missed too many weeks listening to a sermon through the week. It takes God's, um, or sorry, like Father David's uh, teaching, uh, Miss Mandy's playing. Whatever the gifts are bestowed on us, and we all have those gifts, they not they be the same, but we each have gifts within us. It takes God's timing, and it takes the Holy Spirit's training and encouragement to bring his plan to fruition. He will nudge, nudge you, encourage you, and teach you. I've learned a whole lot <laughs> uh, since donning some deacon robes. And he really will. Um, and it comes through those that are around you. Uh, don't feel you have to go it alone. If you've got something on your heart and you feel you want to express it to somebody, particularly in the community, um, Talk to, uh, talk to Father David and say, you know, I got this in mind. What do you think? Uh, he maybe have some words of encouragement for you, I'm sure, and uh, some direction. As, as I was, uh, when I became deacon, and I, was, I had it on my heart to go out to the seniors' residence and to take the gospel out there and to, um, to befriend them and, and hopefully uh, meet them at their point of need, but take them a little farther. And uh, there was two deacons, uh, Paul and Harold, uh, at the time, and I, I went to them and I said, you know, what can I do? Would they, what do you think about playing, you know, doing some music? If God's given me anything, he give me a little bit of a voice to sing along and, uh, and oh yeah, they'll love it. So. <laughs> We, that's how we started, and uh, uh, and then um, uh, further along the way, I, I wanted to be able to take music outside of the realms of uh, a YouTube video or whatever, where everything's stagnant and uh, static, rather. Um, but uh, uh, and sure enough, um, God blessed me with a program. He just dropped it; seemed to drop into my lap with some. Uh, uh, I sing worship, it is called, out of the UK, and uh, allows me to take the music out with me as kind of a one-man band, <laughs> and uh, and they they love it. We had a Christmas service that was awesome this year, two of them on Christmas Eve, and um, uh, I was blessed, I think, more than they they were, but they loved it, and we both did for different reasons. I've been reflecting on this year and the the years past, as we often do that this time of the year. St. Aidan's at Rivers Bend is my charge. Uh, It may in all likelihood uh, be there only for a season, I don't know. Uh, It began almost 14 years ago with a hope and a prayer. Um, My vision was to spread, my vision, was to spread the gospel and the love of Jesus in a way that was fitting to St. Aidan. Uh, I always loved St. Aidan, the apostle uh, of Northumbria. 
growing churches along the way, I was my hope. And my prayer, though, was always that I would be obedient to God's will, whatever that would be. What began, in my mind, as a church plant project has become, I think, more of a pastoral ministry where I can uh, best utilize the gifts that God has given me. And that's what's important to me and uh, to his glory. By the grace of God and the blessing of Bishop Charlie, I have been able to continue my mission, and, uh, and I'm so, so thankful for that. I love the enthusiasm of Father David to our church. Uh, it's awesome. I don't know how else to describe it. We've had coffees together and uh, chatted about some of the highs and lows we all feel, and, uh, but uh, you just have to kind of get him on his vision, and <laughs> he loves to... Uh, uh, to see that fulfilled, and we do too. So uh, uh, you are not only who Bishop Charlie felt was right for us, but uh, who God felt was right for us too. As you know, Father David has uh, asked me to assist him a bit uh, from some of the pastoral aspects here at St. Aidan's, and um, I hope to bring more of those plans back in the, in the coming weeks to you uh, after some conversation with David. Um, today, though, I have a project for you. Um, it's a small request, and it comes in these little bags. Um, I've modified them just slightly, but uh, we did... Um, uh, there's a, uh, a donation that comes from my brother up in Calgary, who has been the, uh, uh, looked after my aunt and uncle's estate and my grandparents' estate. So uh, uh, there's a donation that comes usually around uh, Easter and then again at Christmas time. And uh, what we do at Christmas time, we put together gift bags. Uh, this year we put together 90 of them. And uh, we shared them with all those that were at Seasons Bell River, where I do a Tuesday service. And then at um, La Chimere, uh for our Christmas Eve service there uh, that we do on Sundays. And uh, it's just a little bag of treats and maybe a few personal items and things like that. Um, but we, we encourage them to take one, take two. Uh, we, we wanted them to have one, but we also particularly wanted them to take one or two, whatever they wished to. Uh, and spread them with those uh, around them and, uh, and to share a little Christmas with them too. So I modified it. You're a hard guy to get a picture of. <laughs> There's a reason for that. Oh, is that right? Well, I found that one. Uh, did they drag you out and put you on the grass at Redeemer or something? Yeah. yeah. <laughs> but it's a good picture, though. It's a good picture. Um, so it just says St. Aidan's, and I took the information off the website. Whether you're a new, Christ, uh, new to the faith, exploring what Christianity is, uh, what it's all about, or a lifelong Anglican, or somewhere in between, we are happy to have you join us. Father David Pennington. And it's got the church's number and website on it. So that's how I modified it. I stuck one of those in each one. And my prayer today would be that uh, I've got 28 of them, I hope they're all gone, and that you would take one and 
give it to somebody you don't know. Somewhere in the city, somewhere you go, you can say to them that uh, I'm a follower of Jesus Christ and I just wanted to share his love with you today. Okay, so they're up here. Please, uh, you know, uh, take whatever ones. If you're, if you're the last one and there's two left, take them both. Okay? <laughs> so they're up here. Finally, back to our story. Uh, the Word became flesh. I wanted to read to you a little story. It's called The One Who Understands. John Babbler is a chaplain for the police and fire department in a Texas community. During a 22-week sabbatical from his job, he attended police academy training so that he could be a better understand, have a better understanding of the situation that uh, law enforcement officers face. Through spending time with the other candidates and learning about the intense challenges of the profession, Babbler gained a new sense of humility and empathy. In the future, he hopes to be more effective as a counselor of the police officers who struggle with emotional stress, fatigue, and loss. During our Christmas week, um, my sister was down. Um, she's a retired registered nurse. And um, she uh, became a registered nurse at the Hamilton General Hospital and graduated on June 1st 1960. This coming year, they're getting together uh, a much smaller group than what they were. They were 75 when they graduated. Uh, they're a much smaller group now, but they're going to celebrate their 60th anniversary in 2020. And she said to me, she says, you know, she said, I, um, as we were, um, Training, she said. You'd train in every department. Um, it was a teaching hospital, which is one thing that she wanted was firm on. It was going to a teaching hospital, and um, uh, she said they were in uh, uh, every department, from psychiatric to uh, um, emergency and uh, uh, obstetrics and so forth. And they. Um, she always, there was actually one floor in uh, Hamilton General Hospital that was uh, one floor for injury cases, in, uh, industrial injuries. And she said most of them there were from Stelco. She said they had uh, uh, crushed limbs and, and broken arms. And she said it was, uh, uh, she said they, what you didn't see was uh, really the pain that they felt. And she said, she thought they were just a bunch of mamby-pamby guys. <laughs> she said they had, you know, wine, wine, wine. And she, but she said she never realized until through her teaching and, and the education, she said how many nerves there are in the, in the limbs, in the hands and that. And she said she had suffered herself with an infection through a needle. And uh, this infection, she said after she'd 
experienced what the infection was in her hand and multiplied that times the uh, injuries that those fellows had. She had a lot more empathy for them than, <laughs> than when she started. We know that God understands the situations we face because he has made us and everything that happens to us, he knows. We also know he understands because he's been on the earth and experienced life as a human being. In our reading today, he became flesh and made his dwelling among us as the person Jesus Christ. Jesus' earthly life included a wide range of difficulty. He felt the searing heat of the sun, the pain of an empty stomach, and the uncertainty of homelessness. Emotionally, he endured tension of disagreements, the burn of betrayal, and the ongoing threat of violence. Jesus also enjoyed the joys of friendship and family love, as well as the worst problems that we face here on earth. And he provides hope. He is the wonderful counselor who patiently listens to our concerns with insight and care. He is the one who can say, I've been through that. I understand. God understands the struggles we face. So as you go out today, please take a bag. Empathetically look out into the community. I hope that these 28 seeds turn into 28 new people here in the congregation before the end of the year. Or sooner. That'd be awesome. <laughs> Let us pray. Dear Lord, thank you for caring enough to humble yourself and come to earth as a human being. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. Amen.